Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the stinking truth. News that came down while we were talking, T. Higgins did get the franchise tag placed upon him. Mm-hmm. So if he ends up signing that, it'll be one year at about $22 million uh-huh. for T. Higgins. Does, does this move make sense from a Bengals standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think it I think ultimately when you look at that offense, I mean, that offense is sitting in gun, throwing the football. That's what they do. Um, yeah, sure, they've got Mixon and you know, and they've got a run game out of their out of their gun look. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what they do, and they rely on Joe Burrow to get them into the best situations possible based on their passing game that they're a pass first second third offense um yeah t hickens is he's a beast so yeah it makes perfect sense for them eventually like they're gonna have to pay they got it's the Bengals. i mean they're gonna have to pay that offense they're gonna have to pay you know the jamar, jamar chase, chase is yeah. gonna have, and they're, they're gonna have to pay all the because you can't like to me you couldn't make can you make t hickens the highest paid receiver on your team and not take care of Jamar Chase. I, I it's it's hard to eat twenty two million dollars on a season for a wide receiver. So I feel like you're going to have to try to get him, you know, while he's under the franchise tag, get him to accept a better deal. But you're you. not paying Chase yet, so you're you're still working with a pretty good contract for Jamar Is he Chase. Still on his rookie, yeah. He's still yeah. on his rookie and, deal and for this upcoming year as well. So it's it's not a bad deal. For the Bengals, so you can maybe go year to year with with Higgins. That until it's time to pay Chase, you can pay Higgins the big mm-hmm. money per year. I, I guess my my only question is this: if you're if if getting a quarterback is so important, and then finding that quarterback and paying him a huge amount of money, aren't you kind of paying that quarterback to make receivers better than they really are? Once you've identified and paid that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do you or should you be investing a ton in your wide receivers? Isn't that what you're paying the quarterback for? Like, look, we just saw Mahomes win another Super Bowl with a a wide receiving core that a lot of people made fun of. Yeah, made fun of them right up until they won a Super Bowl. Right, yeah. Yeah, you you do want your quarterback to be able to take, you know, throw guys open and, and, you know, create that, but... There are guys who are special, like Justin Jefferson. Just, Justin Jefferson is special. Uh, Jamar Chase is special. There, there are guys that are special players. 
And certainly, I think you want to pay those guys. You want to find a way, but you got to do it again. You got to do it again in a in a fashion that makes sense for your franchise and allows you to compete. Um, and again, like I've said many times before, there's plenty of money to go around. It's just how long a commitment do you want to make to a guy? Because you can make the numbers work, and and I believe everybody can get paid. I really do. I believe you can make that work. But then it comes down to, okay, how long do we want to pay T. Higgins for? How long do we want to pay Jamar Chase for? Like, there there comes that, that delineating line where all of a sudden, if we do it for this long and we commit this much upfront money, that's great. But two or three years from now, does that contract age well? Or are we kind of stuck? Letting a guy go and having to eat a bunch of dead cap money—that that's the game you're constantly playing. I, I guess it makes sense if you can carry and work with Higgins with the benefit of the franchise tag and take a year-to-year approach with him until it's time to pay Chase the big contract. Mm-hmm. Or if then you can, it's not I, a bad would, way to allocate your. Yeah, I would imagine if you could get if you could get you know T Higgins into a long-term deal, and then you go back to Chase and say, okay, here's the parameters of his deal. We're going to pay you more than that, but. I mean, you know, then you get into the the players. It's it's really the agents who want to set the market with their players, because you want to have you want to have that, you know, that chip that hey man, I got the best contract in NFL history for my guy, because that helps you as a recruiting tool for the next generation of receivers and the next generation of players. When you can sit there and say, okay, here's all the pelts on my wall. I got this guy, the highest contract at his position at this time. I got this guy, I got this guy, I got this guy. That's what they want to do.